Hello, everyone, and welcome to Number Nine Talk with my guest, Alex Hurst. Uh, welcome, Alex. Just going to run my VT, mate. that worked out pretty well thanks welcome alex how are you i'm good thanks dom um pleased to be here good to chat yeah so it's always good to have a bit of a chat mate. i mean at the moment we're in the pandemic you know not it, it's good to connect with people and to, you know, to make sure we know we're all together in this and to make sure you know people's voices are heard as well um just just to talk about uh with you with the, the the trust at the moment you're running a, a promotion on a um documentary video uh with the trust uh, if you want to give that a plug mate yeah we're working on a, a big project for the trust uh, hopefully due to launch in april and one of the things we want to do is is kind of tell the story about the the journey of newcastle united supporters which is um Probably unique, and I, and I know we are, are biased, me and you and people watching probably, but I think there's a lot of loyal football fans up and down the country, uh, you know, a lot of great clubs, great fans, but I think what makes Newcastle United fans unique is that lack of success and the fact that's never affected the support of the team. And what we want to do is try and tell the story of the fan base in a film, not just for Newcastle fans based in the northeast, um, who obviously are a large percentage of the fan base, but we'll, we'll have this global fan base as well. Um, and we'd really like to tell their story. So I invited just through Twitter, really, um, people to get in touch and say, would you would you like to be part of a video? We've got some questions for you to answer. And 260 people and counting got in touch through DM with me on Twitter. My DMs are open um, to say, yeah, I would love to do it. So that's great. And that's it's just an example of what this fan base is like, really, isn't it? You know, it's there's so much enthusiasm and so much passion to do stuff for other people and, and for the good of the the trust in this case, or whatever it is, you've seen loads of them from various different groups over the past, you know, particularly since the pandemic began, but before that as well. Um, so yeah, we, we love it. We love the fact that we'll have this kind of committed fan base that is up for doing anything to help. Yeah, I, I think our fa- I mean, obviously we're biased, but I think our fan base is just excellent. I mean, okay, we, we do get the odds, you know, person who's a, um, against a lot of things that, um, us as fans say but you know everyone's entitled to their opinion um you know we, we don't you know, say to you you know don't voice your opinion you're, you're allowed that opinion but sometimes people go a bit too far uh, going on to that as well um talking about mental health be a game changer which has also been uh great for the club and you know i mean as i mentioned to you before the show you know we've had We've been through this pandemic and we're all going through lockdown. Uh, it is affecting a lot of people, unfortunately. And uh, what I would say to everyone is please reach out to, to, to anyone. You know, if, if you need to chat, uh, you know, you need some advice or you need help on a, on a certain subject, reach out. You know, you're not alone in this. And, you know, what, uh, what, what would you say about that, uh, Alex? 
No, it's great, isn't it? That, that there's that resource there for supporters. It's great to see the foundation doing something like that, and you know, working with people like yourselves and other fan channels to try and get the message out there. That in a, a very difficult time for everybody, I don't think. Well, there isn't anyone is there who isn't untouched by what's going on at the minute. And you know, what we put in a set of circumstances as as people that no one would have envisaged even this time last year. Um, so yeah, I just think the fact that there is that resource there, and the fact that you know, some something like the foundation, which is connected to the football club, is is offering that service, um, you know, for, for fans and, and letting them know there is an avenue to to help them if possible. You know, you can only stand back and applaud. Yeah, of course, of course, mate. Uh, so, as, as we've, we've both said just there, you know, please reach out. You know, there, there is help out there. Um, also, your recent uh, with True Faith. Uh, you're, you're a bit uh, on the podcast with the True, true Faith, uh, bringing quite a few good good pods there as well. Um, and also your recent um, uh, True Faith uh, magazine, which uh, you can buy for £2.50, I believe, which uh, which is a good price and, and you get good content as well. Yeah, thanks. Um, I mean, it's it's written by fans for fans. That, that you know, that there's a lot of good fan content out there. Um, you know, particularly YouTube channels, uh, podcasts. But we're the only fanzine still going, which is a shame because there've been some excellent ones. I mean, Newcastle United was probably had one of the the strongest fanzine scenes in the country. Um, but yeah, two pound fifty plus postage. You know, it's just Newcastle fans. If there's anyone watching who wants to feature in it. Uh, you're more than welcome. You know that it's an open editorial. We don't um, decide. You know we don't editorialize and say you know you can't have this opinion or that opinion. If you want to write in and tell us Steve Bruce is the best thing since sliced bread, you can. We might write an article after that suggesting why you might be mistaken. But you know that's that's the whole idea of, of doing what we do is to give fans a voice because there's an excellent football media surrounding Newcastle United. You know with the local journalists and the local media. Um, who do a fantastic job and a hard job of covering the club, but it's also important that normal supporters have their voice as well because often, you know, who who knows football clubs better than anyone? It tends to be supporters, does it not? So, yeah, the podcasts are great. We're lucky that we'll have a big listenership, but it's taken us a long time to get there. Um, And we're lucky that that people are still buying the fanzine. Um, You can buy it online. It's uh, £2.50 plus postage, or you can buy it at um, Centrail, which is at Central Station in Newcastle, I pick up some fine um, beers, ales, and lagers in there as well while you're there. So you're onto a winner, aren't you? Also, at the moment, um, we have the, the, the prize draw uh, with the foundation. Um, to win Alan Shearer's match worn boots from his 250th goal in a, in a black and white shirt, which is which is brilliant. Um, we, we know how much of a legend he is. Um, he's, he's also given his shirt, um, his, his armband as well, which I think I think is, is a great price to go for. Uh, I believe it's £10 a ticket, it runs to the 23rd. So, anyone who's listening or everyone who's listening, please, you know. Give give to a good cause. I, I believe it cost them two hundred fifty thousand to to run the, uh, the the foundation. You know for the things that they do. 
um, to, to you know just to give it the weight to, to people who need it and, and at the moment you know a lot of people are struggling for cash you know people out of work people furloughed you know pe people don't really have that much money at the moment and you know for, for alan to do that for i mean obviously his, his own foundation but to, to do that and to give such a uh, a momentous you know memory away to to you know someone who's going to win it um it is is excellent uh what would be your your thoughts on that alex no it's 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 great it's great to see um Shira uh, engaging, isn't it? Because he does so much national stuff for national media, and he's very good at it. And we all love watching him uh, talk or reading the stuff he does. Um, it's been really good to see him on on on, on certain fan channels and, and podcasts. It's been great, and you know, I mean, I think they've already raised over a hundred thousand pounds, which is just sensational. Um, considering there's a bit of time to go as well, I've got a couple of tickets, so I've got my fingers crossed that um, that you know I come out as the lucky winner. But yeah, I would definitely recommend anyone watching getting involved in that and. It's for the Alan Shearer Foundation, which does a lot of great things in the Northeast as well. So it's win-win, isn't it? So yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of good news amongst all the doom and gloom. Yeah, the doom and gloom of the club. Yes, yeah. Um, at the moment, we can't say we're doing well anything at all, really. It's we've had a couple of wins in there, and then we're actually you know really good performances against Everton Southampton. You know, uh, we we had we went down to nine men against Southampton, still kind of came up the win. I mean, it was squeaky bum time, but we, we still scraped through. Uh, Everton was was a much improved performance, and also you know the, the game before, which was Leeds, um, it's it was a, a vastly improved second half. But that first half really did us in, and you know at, at the moment we're hovering in seventeenth. But you know we've got we've got a few. Difficult fixtures ahead of us, and uh, fixtures you know what the clubs below us have got as well. They've uh, you look at Fulham at the moment; they could catch us up and be only one point behind us, which which is a worrying time. Well, they're, they're winning one nil as we chat, Dom. So yeah. they definitely definitely could get close. I mean, they they play tonight in the play before we play on Sunday against Manchester United. Uh, so that gap could be down to one point, although we'd have a game in hand, but the game in hand would be Manchester United. Um, it's it's dire, isn't it? I think you're spot on to talk about you know those improvements, but the, the issue that we have is that we've, we've been so bad for so long that it just seems to be to take one game or one bad performance and everyone kind of worries again because you know the result against Everton, brilliant performance and results. Um, the problem is Everton keep losing at home. So it takes the shine off a little bit. Southampton, unbelievable to win with nine men. But Southampton now now lost six Premier League games in a row. So we're kind of beating teams that you'd actually, in hindsight, expect us to beat. But, you know, then we go to Chelsea and do that. And it makes it look like those performances and results were a blip. And we're now back to normal service, which is this kind of awful passiveness. That, you know, if it was a boxing match, it would be, it would be stopped because the other teams are so dominant and... I mean, I, I, what do you think? Do you think we're, we'll stay up? Do you think we'll go down? Well, at the moment, I think we're in, in, in well, Steve Bruce's hands, really. But unfortunately, you look and you think, you know, he has, he's, he's done an okay job. I mean, he kept us up last year um, as well. And it's 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 just, uh, we're just, 
what's the word? I've lost the word I was looking for. We're just existing, really, at, at the moment. But that, that's the way Ashley wants it. You know, he, he, he has no ambition to do any more with the club, unfortunately. So what I would say is it, it will be close. I think it will be close, but I think we will ultimately stay up. Uh, I mean, we'll have, we'll have a bad run of games coming up. Uh, Man U, Arsenal. Uh, you know, it, it's the big teams to come up against. So, you know, it, we're not going to pick up many points this next few weeks, but you know, things tend to level things out. Um, so, you know, you, you look at you know the, the next the next game, which is Manchester United. Uh, what would be your your thoughts on that? Uh, we would see um, what's his name, uh, Hendrik return. Do you think? Hope not. <laughs> Hope not. And it, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because we were so bad against Chelsea, you'd assume he'll make changes. But I mean, you know, we talk about Hendrik. What about the two Longstaff brothers? You know, can't get a game. Why can't they get a game ahead of? Um, Henrik, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense in particular. I and mean, Sean's had a, a difficult season, although I think he, he probably gets a little bit of unfair criticism. Um, you know, Matty uh, didn't play all season, asked to come in against Liverpool, Man City, and Leicester, the three best teams in the league, probably, and then dropped again. Um, so very very bizarre. You know, I, I really worry about the Man United game. If Fulham do hold on tonight and then they beat Sheffield United, I mean, you'd, you'd expect Fulham to beat Sheffield United, wouldn't you? Um, with Fulham's form and, and the way Sheffield United have been this season, even though they gave us a, a hiding, really, despite the scoreline. But I, I'm really worried about it, mate. Um, you know, it's one of those things that people... We, we have this experience, don't we, as Newcastle fans, in terms of the relegations in 2016 and 2009. You can look at the fixture and, and look at the table and think, oh, we've got this game here, we'll pick up this game here. But when you lose lots of football matches as a team, it's not just a switch you can flick on and off. If you're rubbish and you're not winning games, it, it it catches up with you. And I think I don't think it would be unfair to say a lot of Newcastle fans have been expecting this for a while because performances haven't matched results. We picked up results when we didn't necessarily deserve to, and you can only do that for so long in the Premier League. Eventually, you will get found out, and I think we've been found out. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you, you just said there, you know, 2016 and um, 2009. Do you, do you see similarities in those seasons, or is is it just a, a just a strange season? Obviously, without fans in there, you don't have your twelfth man as well, do you? Yeah, spot on. I think if anything, we're, we're maybe worse as a side than we were in those seasons. I think in those seasons, I think they they were very similar to each other. We threw away a lot of leads. We played well in games and didn't manage to win. Now we don't even play well. <laughs> I mean, maybe you could argue, like you correctly said, that second half Leeds performance, the game against Palace, they are disastrous results. You know, Steve Bruce, after both of those games coming out and talking about positives, if you can't beat the teams in the bottom half of the Premier League at home, who can you beat? So, you know, I think this is maybe this would be the worst of them all because because the position the team got themselves into, what was it, twenty was it twenty one points or something like that after um 13 games or something to get relegated from there would be a, a, a real um, abdication of responsibility from the players as well and, and, and I may be guilty of it um, of always hammering Bruce the players have got to take some responsibility but ultimately 
I can't, I can't with any confidence go in any game against any team, even Sheffield United, and say we're going to beat these today because we've just shown time and time again that even when we do pick up wins, we actually do it against the run of play or we have less shots or less possession. And if you're going to have less possession and less shots, then every single team in the league and every single game, even the worst teams, you're going to lose football matches. So I'm really concerned for us. I don't know about you. As I said before, I think the problem is we've got like I think the team looks just not exhausted, but they look just disinterested sometimes as well. You look at you know the likes of St. Max, who can turn it on like that and and get us up the field. But unfortunately, I've seen a lot of St. Max and Miggy recently. They just carry the ball up the field and ultimately get dispossessed. And, and I think we're holding on to the ball too long. You know, to, to get past these teams, you know, teams like Chelsea and teams like Man U and teams like Arsenal, you've got to pop that ball. You, you've got to move the ball. So, you know, they're always chasing as well. I mean, they did it against us. They were popping the ball about and we were just chasing them around the field and ultimately we left gaps. And, you know, we get down to... Being, being beaten, but at the moment, I, I, I don't see I can see it's getting forward, but there's just been no outlay of the ball at all So, what 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 would be your thoughts on the team at the moment is, are they miscoached, or are they uh, just, you know, as people keep telling us, that the championship players and we've had the same players for almost three years now so what, what would be your take on the, on the whole team i don't think it's a championship team i think if you there's a lot of players in there who've been given new contracts since we came up which would suggest that the the people who run the club think they're premier league players we have seen them over the past three seasons put in performances against sides beat sides manchester united manchester city arsenal even chelsea a couple of years ago um so i think these players have have, have shown that they're better than the championship. And if, you know, compare us to a team like Leeds, Leeds made some big money signings in the summer, but the majority of Leeds' squad is still the team that was playing in the championship. You look at Fulham's team, majority of the players in Fulham's team were playing the championship last season. Well, we we finished 13th, 13th and 10th with a lot of these players. Add in Alan St. Maximan, add in Ryan Fraser, Callum Wilson. They're really good footballers. Um, you have to look at the manager, don't you? You have to look at an overall career win rate of 28%. What's his win rate at the moment with Newcastle this season? 28%. He is performing exactly to his ability. The problem for us is his ability isn't good enough often to stay in the Premier League. The average position, I think, he's, he's finished in the Premier League is, is 16th and 17th. And if you're going to hang around in 16th and 17th all season, it doesn't take much to slip into 18th place. So Steve Bruce is, is, is giving us what Steve Bruce is. And as annoyed as I get at him, you have to look at the people who a appointed him in the first place because that was a massive mistake. Now we all make mistakes in our in our lives and our jobs, whatever. Fair enough, we make mistakes, but to then not rectify that mistake, that's an abdication of responsibility, and that's that's the thing which is is killing the club ultimately. I mean, you mentioned obviously it's it, it is a strange season, and you're spot on because we're not in grounds. I think if we're in grounds, Steve Steve Bruce would be gone already because it would be so toxic. It would be. You know, I often think back to 2016 and Steve McLaren. 
people talk about Newcastle and Lee Charlie sacked Steve McLaren. Newcastle fans sacked Steve McLaren against Bournemouth. There's no way he could come back. The whole stadium singing you're getting sacked in the morning. Nah, you, you, you cannot walk into a dressing room after that and, and, and retain the respect of the players. Now, Lee Charney or Mike Ashley, whoever it is, or Justin Barnes, they don't have that luxury of the fans doing their job for them. So they have to make the decision. And the fact that they haven't um, is putting the club in, in serious danger of another ruinous relegation. I don't know what you think, but I, I don't think we'd come back from this one like we'll have the last two. No. I mean, I mean, you, you go back to um, McLaren there as well. It, it was how many games did uh, Benitez have? So it was something like 10 or 11 games um, to, to help the club and help the club stay up. And unfortunately, you know, when he came in, we, we got beat. I think his first game was Leicester, wasn't it? His yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. And we lost lost 1-0, wasn't it? I thought. Yeah, we did. I was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, you, you, if you're going to make changes, you, you've got to make them sooner rather than later because obviously, you know, it's going to get. Look, he's going to panic and go right. You're sacked, but you've only got like six games to save the club. And not, you know, no matter how good a coach is and how much how good a manager is, you know, you need to have time to bed in your your ideal and your your formation and, and who you're going to play where and how you're going to do it. And you need, you need that time to, to bed in with, with training and, you know, every, everything on that side of things. And it, it, it is a worry if you, if you do leave it too late. But with Steve Bruce, I think uh, he's, he's got his stay of execution, unfortunately, due to, you know, at the moment, the cushion. But I, I hope that's, you know, Mike Ashley looks at it now and thinks, you know, I've got it only given maybe two games before I think, look, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing and keeping us up here. So we go on to um, the, the, the the takeover at the moment. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't think anyone does, honestly, but there has been Stuff like uh, with the aeroplanes in the air, everyone's talking, you know, on, on the radars and, and talking about how uh, the the uh, Rubens are in. Was it Nass Nassau Nassau at the minute as well on, on a yacht? So you know, you've also got the BN Sports could be, or as far as I know, is back in in Saudi Arabia at the moment. I don't know what would be your thoughts on on the whole bitty, well, bitty news that we're getting at the moment. Yeah, I, I understand why why people look for these things because everyone's so desperate one to be rid of Mike Ashley and two to have owners who seem to understand the football club and have a a proper strategic vision for its growth and, and the region's growth. Uh, I ignore that kind of stuff because I, I just feel. It's it's mentally draining, isn't it? You know, when how long have we been doing this now? A year? Is it last January when? Yeah, and and then in April it, it seemed like you know it was confirmation it was with the Premier League. Every fan's different, and that's fair enough. But I really struggle to just, you know, how many times can you have your hopes dashed? So I just think if it happens, brilliant. Let's let's see it happen. Um, I get, I get it, and uh, you know we're pretty unique as a fan base, aren't we, with the playing spot and, and all of that kind of stuff. And the the lads and lasses who you know do that are just trying to help people, aren't they? They're just trying to look for some positivity. 
but personally I just think it it's it's a bit surreal if me and you were sat here this time last year talking about planes in Nassau you would just be like what <laughs> what's going on but uh no that's just the reality isn't it and that's it's it's that is Mike Ashley's ownership that's what he's put fans toward because they're so desperately rid of him Totally. Uh, I mean, I mean, given the takeover, it, it, I mean, it's all looking quite positive uh, with it being quiet as well, which is what we needed in the first place. We didn't need all this great media uh, circus that was made of it as well, unfortunately. But you know, g- given the takeover goes through, you know, where would you you feel that they would have to improve first? Would it be players? Would it be uh, the training ground, which obviously needs Needs its upgrading as well, and uh, parts of St James's Park needs a bit of upgrading or a bit of um, tender care as well. Where, where would you say that would have to start? Well, I think they'd have to start with the manager. That would be the first port of call because there are good players there, like we've discussed, uh, like you've said. There's, there's, there is the semblance of a of a decent, maybe top half Premier League side, maybe. With a with a superior manager, so if I, if I was them on day one, I'd be saying thanks, Steve. We appreciate it. Here's a million quid. You know, get yourself away and bring in someone like Rafa Benitez or any host of names that that are linked with the job. Um, but you are right in that there are a lot of areas of the club that need a lot of attention. Uh, from St James's Park, which you know looks almost identical to as it looked back in 2001 when they did the extension, the training ground. I was lucky enough to have a few tours of the training ground from Rafa Benitez. Um, and you know it really, it really lags behind. It lags behind some League One clubs, never mind Premier League clubs. And while I think it was Lee Charnley said they felt like they'd never lost out on a player because of the state of the training ground. Well, yeah, that's that that statement. There is everything wrong with Newcastle United now that he's not even pretending like it's a positive for the club. Everything the club does should be. Um, positive and it should be a representation of their beliefs and their strategy as a football club but because they don't have any belief or any strategy everything is done on the cheap everything is done with a minimum of effort and that you know what have we just been talking about the players and and how the how they looked against Chelsea you know it all trickles down doesn't it right from the top to the players and it trickles down to the fans who are who are looking for planes in Nassau and, and stuff like that and yeah I think it's a great question and you know I mean I'm sure they'll have their hands full. Um, I think I think day one of the takeover, they'd probably just have to, I don't know, like get the, you know, put some tweets out asking people to go to work and stay off the drink because there would be such celebrations. The whole region would stop, wouldn't it? It would just be party time, which is why everyone got so excited, didn't they? Myself included. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you look at the wealth, I mean, at the start of all this, it was something like uh, 260 billion or something like that. But now you're looking at something like after this whole year and, and their investments, they're looking at something like 600 and odd billion at the moment. So they're well on the way to a, a trillion pound, well, tr- trillion whatever dollars um, in, in investments as well. So, you know, that, that's a lot of money to be playing with. And, I mean, obviously, the Newcastle's not going to see all of that, obviously, but. It's nice to know that you know they could literally put their hands in the pockets and go, well, they they go. You need that doing so. They go. You, you can get a new training ground. You can you can extend St James's or you can we can just go and buy a new 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 grounds. I mean, a lot of people who would be against you know the 
the leaving of St James because obviously it has been uh, our talisman for such a long time. And now what would be your thoughts on on the ground? I mean, obviously for the for the start, you know, I, I don't see a new ground being built. Maybe in uh, if they did take over, um, it would be about five five years, I reckon, before they even start thinking about building a new ground. So the the, the only thing is, would they upgrade St James's? Would 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 that be their their go to? Do you think, or would you welcome even the new ground as well? Very controversial topic, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of fans feel feel very attached to St James's Park. I'm probably of the opinion that St James's Park for a successful, well-run Newcastle United would be nowhere near big enough. And uh, I think that uh, you know they should definitely look in to expand the St James's Park. I, I'm not an expert on the subject. I think there's people say both sides don't know that you couldn't do anything or it would be very expensive. You obviously have the land at Strawberry Place, which was sold. Um, away from the club for personal profit for Mike Ashley. So there's that issue there. Some people have talked about maybe where Newcastle Arena is in that that kind of undeveloped land around there would be great. But you, you're leaving the city centre a little. It's still it's still the city of Newcastle, but you are you know right now we're in the heart of the city, whereas you're leaving it a little bit there. I think it would be a nice problem to have because if you need a ground extension, you're, you're doing well on the pitch. You know, we showed in the championship that the club, even in the championship, could attack attract fifty two thousand. So it's a nice problem to have. I don't know what what do you think about it, mate? Well, I wouldn't be against a new ground. I mean, obviously, you know, we've had St James for a long, long time, and it would be sad to see it go. Of course, it, it, it's been the, the heartbeat of, of the city. Well, it just depends on where where would, where would it be put it and uh, where. I mean, I think they're on about putting it on um, the back in the Leeds Park for the, the the one with was it Sir John Hall that drew up before um, they moved out. So I think they're on about putting it on Leeds, which would be behind um, St James's itself. So I, w- I wouldn't be against that. I mean, obviously, it'd still be around the same area. It'd still be the heartbeat with. The, the city centre. It just depends on wh- where they would move it to. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be against it. But obviously, I, I would say it would be very, very sad to you know to see it go. Um, but as you could also say, you know, they could still build the ground and, and use St James's as a um, a training training ground. You know, like with with City, the way they have theirs. I mean, they have their ground, and then so many different pitches that are on the outside of it and also you know it's got a mini stadium as well isn't it around there so i suppose they could do that but yeah like i said i'll be i'll be sad to see it go um what i'm gonna do now mate just before we carry on just a shout out to my sponsors for my channel uh this month which is nufc hotspots make your pin badges the tune anyone you know into their pin badges now, give them a look. You know they've come out with some good, good stuff recently. Um, and Bohe Bubble Hats makes the bubble hats for Newcastle, Chelsea, uh, Liverpool, Rangers, Celtic. They're all good quality. I've, I've seen some of the, the ones that they've, they've brought out, and they are great quality hats. Thanks, guys. Um, just to go on to uh, at the moment, we have Joe Linton. Now, a 40, 40 million pound or forty-five million pounds, depending on how you would you would see him or which report you'd um, 
believe. Uh, at the moment, he's on number nine. He's he's not done anything really. I mean, he's a big strapping lad, but he gets taken down. He gets knocked off the ball very easily. He's, that should not be happening. What what would what would you think on on Joe Linton? I mean, a lot of people probably say the same thing, but what would be your thoughts? I think he's rubbish. Um, I don't think he'll ever be good enough for the Premier League, and I wish it wasn't so. I wish there was some player that needs game time, but. What did I see him play 30, 40 times live? Rubbish. Um, seen him since in lockdown? Rubbish. You hit the nail on the head there with what he what he can't do, but what can he do? I don't know. I think they signed him on potential. I think that potential was massively exaggerated, and I think you'll, ne- you'll never be a player in the Premier League, in my opinion. I used to think that maybe in a better team, he would, he would thrive. Maybe if he played for Wolves or... But that now I don't even think that. I just think if he costs five million quid, he will be nowhere near the team that have bid them already. I think they're going to have to try and sell him. And if they got ten million, fifteen million from a, from a Bundesliga club, that would represent a fabulous return on 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 what what is a, a player who has been played all over the place by Steve Bruce. But at the same time, I sympathise with Bruce because he's try, he's trying to get something out of him. I think he played up front with Wilson against Palace and against Burnley, and he was better, much better. But he was still, he was still average. You know, I think I feel we'll have a tendency when he gives us a five out of ten performance to to almost be be delighted with that because he's so bad normally. Um, he really represents everything wrong with the club. You know, an arrogant signing. Mike Ashley signed him. What's all that about? Um, Rafa Benitez told them he wasn't worth anywhere near that money. Um, yeah, one of the well, I'll say it now. I don't know if you agree. The worst ever transfer in Newcastle history. Well, there the has been humdingers, unfortunately. We look, you know, Mark, I think Marcelino was one one bad one, and there was also um, Boom Song as well. They were all, you know, but they were bought with not a lot of, of cash, really, but. When you look at this, the worst signing is also our most expensive signing as well, which which makes it even worse, in my eyes. Yeah, uh, but unfortunately, you know, we're going to be losing uh, Callum Wilson for I think it's up to eight weeks. I think with with a hamstring at, at the moment, uh, it's been mooted that we could sign um, oh, what's his name, Sturridge. But I don't think we've, we've got space. Um, I mean, I've been, been told that he could be still signed with a, a special dispense from the, the Premier League. So what would be your your thoughts on the storage deal? Very, very desperate, really, really good player once upon a time. But you're looking back to maybe 2014, 2015, when he was any good. Hardly played since then. Went to West Brom 2018, early 2018. Didn't help them, gets injured, doesn't play. Uh, you know, we'll have strikers at the club. We'll have Dwight Gale. We'll have Andy Carroll. I don't think, you know, they've, they're both, they've both got their problems as Premier League strikers, but I don't think that what we're missing is Daniel Sturridge right now. And I think it probably suggests to me, if they are seriously looking at them, that they know that Steve Bruce is the issue. And, you know... I think Steve Bruce is up there with with any manager in the in the league 
a number of changes he's made to his side this season. He just chops and changes players for fun because, you know, it's almost like he needs a reaction every other game or every game to a performance. And I just think, do you want a half-fit Daniel Sturridge? Is he going to keep you in the Premier League? I can't say it. I mean, Callum Wilson has been brilliant for us. Brilliant. But he's only got six goals from open play in 22 Premier League games, which, you know, it's 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 good record for us. The four penalties boost it a bit. And I think he's brilliant. I love Wilson. But we'll create so little. You know, what what is it that they want Daniel Sturridge to do if there's no chances for him? Yeah, it may be all pie in the sky, unfortunately, you know, for, for some fans. Um, I, I was always, a, well, I wouldn't say a big fan of Sturridge, but, you know, he is a good player. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, he is very injury prone recently. And um, last time he was in the Premier League, didn't do much because obviously he was injured again. So, yeah, it depends on what, what they can thrash out and what, what we can get. Uh, but I don't see it happening because, uh, as far as I know, we've got a full quota of players. And I don't think we can chop and change at this later, you know, late, uh, later date. So, yeah, um, what I'm going to do, mate, just to, to finish off there, because yeah, I was only going to do a, a short one today, mate, because uh, I, I did... A long one in the last few days and my head's fried <laughs> so yeah just just to give you a shout out again for your true faith and where to find you on social media mate yeah we're at tfnufc true faith nufc it stands for um we've just started on youtube like yourself um we'll have to get you on a show as well if you're up for it um and yeah you know we're just just like you and other people are just normal Newcastle United fans. Everyone's got an opinion, don't they? And uh, we'll love the conversation. So, you know, if you're a Newcastle fan, where for you? And uh, we, we've been doing the podcast now since 2014. And, yeah, people keep listening to it, so we'll keep doing it. Yep, great stuff, great stuff. Um, and also to everyone who wasn't maybe wasn't in earlier, uh, it's the latest issue of the true faith magazine uh £2.50 from um you, you i don't know from, from your, your local news shop maybe and also uh the train station you said yeah that's right um and uh haymarket eminem news at haymarket you can get a copy there as well best places online though i will post it to you myself doesn't matter where you are in the world we'll post worldwide well, thanks very much for coming on. Um, I'll have to get you on again when my head's not as fried. <laughs> so, thanks very much for coming on again, and uh, we'll see you. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks.